It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, I will try to recap the past 24 hours for the Steelers without getting emotional, without getting ranty on here. We're going to talk about the A-B situation in a calm, cool, collected way. Who am I kidding? Well, I'm gonna, uh, in about 20 minutes, I'm going to be screaming and shouting into this microphone. I can already tell you. Uh, we're also going to, but we're also going to talk. Other than that, we're also going to talk about some some actual good news for the Steelers. They're bringing back Ramon Foster on a two-year deal. They've extended Marquise Pouncey's contract, and uh, they traded away Marcus Gilbert to the Cardinals, a player who was all likely uh, going to get traded or was going to get cut. He ends up getting traded to the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll talk about all of that today. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. You can find more of this podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find me on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, hit the like button there, but make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find me on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. All right, and let's talk about the last 24 hours for the Steelers. It has been a roller coaster ride. It started off so well. I mean, the Steelers are keeping their offensive line together, surprisingly bringing back Ramon Foster. The, the Marquise Pouncey extension, he's in the last year of his deal. He's not ready to retire. That made a lot of sense. And it likely opens up some cap space, although we'll find out just exactly what that contract looks like here in the next couple days. But likely that's going to open up some cap space. And then they use some cap space to keep Ramon Foster. A surprising move, especially considering that they spent uh, a second-round tender on B.J. Finney, $3 million dollars. For, to keep B.J. Finney into the 2019 season. Uh, and But B.J. Finney is not going to be your starter, like everyone assumed. He's going to be a backup, a $3 million backup. Now, well worth it. The, the guy is fantastic. And if the Steelers do have any problems on the interior of their line, he can play all three positions in there. So, I mean, it's, it's a great move. And I love keeping Ramon Foster as well. I thought the Steelers can let Ramon Foster go. That's fine. They have B.J. Finney waiting in the wings, save some cap space there. The Steelers didn't feel that way, and, and I understand it. Look, the Steelers are going to be losing Mike Munchak, but they're not really going to be losing anything from where they ended up in the 2018 season. They will lose Marcus Gilbert. They traded him to the Arizona Cardinals. Marcus Gilbert was the the right tackle. Uh, but remember, Matt Filer came in when Gilbert was hurt at the end of the year. And Gilbert's had some injury problems over the past couple years. Remember, he also got suspended for, um, I think it was PDs a couple a year, a couple years ago. So look, he, you know, he's had some issues with missing time over the past couple years. And Matt Filer looked very good as your starting right tackle. You add to that the idea that Chuck Zokorafor was a third-round pick a year ago, and he looked good in, in his start against the Broncos, against one of the best pass rushes in football. I think the Steelers were right to move on from Marcus Gilbert. Now, not, they didn't cut him outright. They traded him to Arizona. They get a sixth-round pick for that. You know, probably not enough. And my initial reaction to that trade was... All you could get for Marcus Gilbert was a sixth-round pick, but I understand it. They didn't have a lot of leverage there, and we're going to talk about leverage here in a second. We talk about the A-B situation. But this, look, every team knew that the Steelers were going to be trading or were going to be cutting into, uh, we're going to be cutting Marcus Gilbert. 
And so, you know, you could probably get a third-round pick for Marcus Gilbert in another scenario, right? One where you're going to keep him in. You know, what is his value? I think his value, I mean, look, this is a guy who's a top five, top ten player, but he's got some injury concerns. He's got a con- big contract. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, not, you're definitely not going to get a third-round pick for him, especially considering that you're going to move on. The Steelers want to move on from him. And so a sixth-round pick, I, look, I'd love to see this team try to work that into a fourth or fifth-round pick. But the question is, how many teams were really in the market for Marcus Gilbert? And then in that way, you know, because you really drive up the price any further, didn't seem like it. So the Steelers ended up with a six-round pick. Good, Glad that they got something rather than just having to cut him outright, which would have happened if they didn't find a trade partner there. So the Steelers keep their offensive line relatively intact, certainly intact from where they left off in 2018. And that's fantastic. It's all good news, right? Pouncey's going to be with this team for a while. Ramon Foster's going to be here for a couple more years. B.J. Finney's back. Matt Feidel will start on the right side. Okarafor will get a chance to compete. All good news for the Steelers. And then the AB thing happened. Now, we Steeler fans have been dealing with this AB situation for the past three months, right? I mean, we've just been here. It has been a constant uh, AB this, you know, we're watching him on his ESPN interviews and his Instagram and, you know, all the, those crazy videos he's doing where you pay 500 bucks to get him to say whatever you want. Those are absurd, but I love them. Um, yeah, we've been dealing with this for the past three months. I'm just, you know, the Steelers being a laughing stock of the league day after day within the sports media. And it has drudged up a whole bunch of other things, right? AB is not the only thing that's that's been brought up in these past three months, right? You remember, the, Mike Tomlin gets dragged into this. And I think rightfully so for allowing some of the dysfunction in the organization, specifically with Antonio Brown, to happen for as long as it did. You know, AB didn't just start being the diva crazy wide receiver in week 17. That happened prior to that. And, and Tomlin, who has that mentality of, look, I'll put up with you until I can replace you, that's probably the wrong mentality here because it leads to a player like Antonio Brown just completely losing it at the end of the year. It also brought up things with, with Ben Roethlisberger and his leadership skills, and that all went public. And, you know, is there a division in the locker room as far as, into, or as, far as you know, AB versus Ben? Potentially. Potentially. I mean, look, it's not just AB leaking all these things to the media about what a bad leader Ben is. And that all came to light throughout this whole situation. I mean, it's just this has just been a, a, a terrible three months for the Steelers. It's, there's no other way to put it. It's been a terrible three months trying to to rid themselves of AB. And so that leads us to last night, when it sounded like it's over and done with. Antonio Brown is being shipped off to the Buffalo Bills, which is a fantastic landing spot, right? That's the first thing that goes through your mind when you hear AB to the Bills. For everything Steeler fans have put up with over the past three months and how much this team has been dragged through the mud left and right day after day, to see that they got a little, they got a a small win at the end, sending A.B. to Buffalo, the worst landing spot for Antonio Brown, without a doubt. They got no offensive weapons there, no hope in Buffalo right now. I mean, they have Josh Allen, although he didn't have a great rookie year. Certainly not an accurate quarterback, not a guy who... I think Antonio Brown's going to enjoy playing with. It's a city that's you know just not a, not a huge market at all. In fact, a lot of the players there say there's just no, not a whole lot to do in Buffalo. It's perfect. I mean, you know, a lot of people are making the joke, right? That the Steelers are sending AB north of the wall, sending him off to Siberia in Buffalo. And so there's you know it has to put a smile on your face. And you you couple that with the fact that sending him to Buffalo means that you are strengthening a team within the Patriots division. And then, of course, you have this idea that, that the Jets are the leaders in the clubhouse to sign, uh, to sign Le'Veon Bell next week. And so now Le'Veon goes to the Jets, 
AB goes to the Bills. And the two big Steelers that you're losing this offseason end up helping you in some way by hurting the Patriots. Or at least competing with the Patriots. That's a win. That's a win all around. Then it gets to the question of compensation. What are the Steelers going to be getting in return for Antonio Brown? And this is where I think I think things got a little interesting last night. Because the original report from Ian Rappaport was that the Steelers and Bills were close, but not done. They were still working on some things. They were still working on compensation. All of that. I know a lot of people piled on Ian Rappaport for being wrong, and I get it. I get it. He was wrong. It was probably a little early for him to report that. And, you know, he he rightfully got piled on. But his original report wasn't 100% false, right? What he said was the Steelers and Bills are are have the framework of a deal done or whatever. He said, you know, they're, they're close. They're not done. They're going to work throughout the night. They're going to get something done. But, you know, he, again, he kept saying, in all likelihood, the Steelers... Um, the Steelers and Bills are going are, are, are gonna to get this deal done. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, what would the compensation have been? Because we then heard from a reporter in Buffalo, Dan Fetz. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I, I, I apologize, Dan. Uh, that the the Raiders' best offer, and we've always heard the Raiders were in the mix here. The Raiders' best offer was not a first-round pick. It was actually a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. And he wasn't sure what year those those picks would have been. So could have been a second-round pick this year, a fourth-round pick next year, something like that. But the uh, the Raiders were offering a second and a fourth. So what were the Bills offering? Well, actually, before we get to what the Bills were offering, let's let's break down exactly what the Raiders were offering. Second and a fourth. That's pick, the, the, the Raiders' second-round pick is pick 35. So we had talked earlier this week about the Raiders potentially trading one of their first-round picks. They have three. They have pick uh, four, pick 24, and pick 27. Pick 27, according to Peter King, that was the bar, right? That's what he felt like the Steelers could get for A.B. Turns out, not, not as much, but the second-round pick for the Raiders is pick 35. So it's eight picks later. It's not, not a terrible get, and especially when you consider that the Raiders were adding on a fourth round pick. Now that's a 2020 pick that we don't know where exactly it's going to fall in the draft. But if it's a if it's a 2019 pick, then their their fourth round pick is pick 106. So you're going to get pick 35 and pick uh, 106. That's not a bad haul for Antonio Brown by any stretch. It's not it's not a first round pick, but it's 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 a top of the second round pick, third pick in the second round, close enough, and you add on to that a fourth round pick. That's a pretty good haul considering where this thing ended up with Antonio Brown, but the Bills were offering more than that. So what could the Bills have been offering that was more than the second and fourth that the Raiders were offering? The Bills' second round pick is pick 40, not as good as pick 35. That's five picks further down. So what could the Bills have been offering? They were offering a second round pick, and let's say their third round pick, pick 74. That seems like a lot. And if the the Bills were offering that, obviously the Steelers should say yes to that. That's probably too much. I also considered the idea that it could be their second round pick and a player. Right? Maybe someone like Shaq Lawson. You know, it could be a second, 
a sixth, and Shaq Lawson, something like that, right? Picking a player type thing that the Steelers have been talking about, I've been talking about here on this podcast. Now, Shaq Lawson, look, he's not, not a good player at this point. He, he's more You're taking more of a flyer on a guy at an edge rush position. But And, and you look through the Bills roster, right? I, I just throw Shaq Mason out there, or Shaq Lawson out there, because um, he seemed like the most tradable guy on their roster. You go through the Bills roster of who is tradable, who would the Steelers even want, there's just not a whole lot of talent there. It's it's really Shaq Lawson, and that's pretty much it. I mean, Tredavious White, obviously, but Tredavious White's not going to be a part of any Antonio Brown trade. So the, the deal that made the most sense, and this kept getting brought up on Twitter, and I agreed with it. The, the, the deal that made the most sense was a pick swap. The Steelers would trade their own first-round pick, pick 20, to the Buffalo Bills for pick number 9. And then potentially add in some further compensation from the Bills, right? Maybe a, a fourth, a fifth-round pick. But you move up 11 spots in the draft. That gets you within the top 10. That puts you in range for, I think, Devin White, Greedy Williams, you know, one of the top defenders in this draft, which is who the Steelers are likely going to covet. You know, you get a top 10 pick, you're, you're very likely going to get one of those players. And then you could potentially get a fourth or fifth round pick after that as further compensation. But it's good enough, right? It's good enough. I felt like that was probably the deal that was in place. In fact, we've heard some reports today that that is, I think, likely what the framework was. And remember, that's all Ian Rappaport was tweeting before, is that there was a general deal in place, and then they were going to work on compensation, all of that. But because this is the Antonio Brown situation, and nothing can go according to plan when it comes to Antonio Brown and how this played out, it had to go off the rails, and it did pretty quickly. In fact, it wasn't shortly after Ian Rappaport tweeted that the deal was very close to being done that, that Antonio Brown commented on an Instagram post by the NFL, who was you know, tweeting about, or uh, I guess making a post about the AB trade, where AB said, this is fake news. He said, fake news on that post. AB did. And of course, that got taken as a joke because, you know, Twitter did, and Twitter and the meme machine was out in full force last night, you know, putting together uh, fun stuff about AB being shipped off to Buffalo, and he's going to hate it there, and, you know, he never knew how good he had it in Pittsburgh and all of that, right? And of course, now he's tweeting, you know, everyone's saying he's going to hate it there, and he's tweeting fake news because he's trying to deny that this is even real. Yeah, it's just a, it's all it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games until you know, it's a, we're a half hour in, we're an hour into this. Still Ian Rapaport is the only one saying that the Bills and Steelers are close to this deal. No Adam Schefter yet. See, the way this usually happens is when Adam Schefter tweets a rumor, Ian Rapaport will usually tweet pretty much the same thing within 5-10 minutes and then you've got a confirmed this is happening, right? Or vice versa. Ian Rappaport tweets something. You know, Adam Schefter will also tweet it. And then, okay, you got a confirmed rumor there, right? Or a confirmed deal. That never happened in this case. Ian Rappaport tweeted it. And then just kind of silence from every other reporter. No word from Adam Schefter. And then you started hearing from local guys in Buffalo saying, I'm hearing this is not as close as Ian Rappaport is saying. That this deal is not as close as that. In fact, it may even be unlikely that this deal gets done at all. And that's when you had to start to worry. And it was Vic Carucci, I think, who was the one who tweeted it the most strongly, saying, I'm hearing this is not done. This is unlikely to happen altogether between the Bills and the Steelers. And so by 2 a.m. last night, I'm waiting for Adam Schefter. I'm waiting for any kind of confirmation that this deal is actually going to happen. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Went to bed, woke up, and you have that. You have the uh, the statement from the Bills general manager saying, this deal, you know, we, we we reached out to the Steelers on Tuesday. We had some nego- some nice negotiations, but at the end of the day, we're focused on free agency. We're, we're not interested in Antonio Brown. 
So the so the Bills pulled out of the deal. The, the deal was pretty much done, and then the Bills said, eh, actually, we're good. So what happened here? Was Ian Rappaport wrong? Was his, was his report just completely fake news? Doesn't sound like that's the case. Sounds like that these two sides actually did have a, a good negotiation over the last couple days, and they were close to a deal on compensation. But the problem was, Antonio Brown doesn't want to go to Buffalo, and he is willing to do everything in his power to tank his own value, as we've seen over the past three months. He's, he's, he's willing to do everything in his power to not just get out of Pittsburgh, but to tank his value enough to where he gets to choose where he's going to go. And that's the key here. We can talk about the Steelers wanting to get a first-round pick, wanting to get a first-round pick and a player, wanting to get fair compensation for Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown doesn't care about any of that. Antonio Brown has a list of teams that he's want, he wants to go to, and to everyone else, nope. He's basically got a no-trade clause. And that no-trade clause is this, and this comes via uh, Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. He says, quote, Brown may not want to go to Buffalo, but there's more to it than the locale. Another team involved in trade discussions earlier in the week, I'm told, walked because it was communicated to them that Brown wanted, again, to be the NFL's highest paid receiver under a new contract. My understanding is money was a factor for the Bills, too. So A.B. is tweeting fake news. He does, he, In all likelihood, A.B. is just saying, I don't want to go to the Buffalo Bills at all. But if I do, you're making me the highest paid player. Now, would he say the same thing if he's going to San Francisco? Would he say the same thing if he's going to Green Bay? Would he say the same thing if he's going to one of his preferred destinations? Maybe, maybe not. A.B. holds all the cards here for the Steelers. And that is the problem. Is that we, you know, we as Steeler fans would love to see the Steelers move up to the ninth pick, get a second and a fourth round pick, something like that. Whatever the fair compensation is going to be, it's not going to happen. What have we heard all week about the Antonio Brown situation? We haven't heard that all these teams are jumping in, right? Oh yeah, this team, oh yeah, this there's a, there's a huge, uh, huge want out there for Antonio Brown. No, what we've heard is the exact opposite. Now ah, the Titans inquired, they're out. Redskins inquired, yeah, they're out too. Broncos, yeah, they're out. Jets, you know, they put out some feelers, nah, they're out. Saints out. Every team that gets involved in this, other than the Bills and Raiders, are out. And so the question is, the Bill, and then by the way, the Bills are out. So the question is, do the Steelers have any leverage left? And do the Raiders, does, does AB even want to go to the Raiders? Because even if the Steelers fall back and say, okay, you know what, Raiders, we'll take your second and a fourth, there's two problems with that. One, is Antonio Brown going to ask to be the highest paid player on the Raiders or the highest paid wide receiver in the league from the Raiders? And are the Raiders willing to do that? Because if not, that deal's dead as well. And number two, why would the Raiders still offer a second and a fourth round pick today after the Bills have publicly come out and said, we're not trading for AB. They were done with that. And no, thank you. No, thank you. What is the Steelers leverage? The Steelers have done, and I give Kevin Colbert credit for this. He has taken this bad situation, which is a player who has tanked his value day after day, week after week, month after month since this thing started back in December. And he's tried to create whatever leverage he could. Fake deadlines. Oh, you know, we want to get this done by Friday. But get your best offer in now. We're getting this deal done by Friday, right? Oh, we'll keep him. He said the other day, you know, we're not going to trade him unless we get a good deal. We'll just keep him like we did with Le'Veon last year. We'll just keep him. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. He's trying to create as much leverage as he can to, to squeeze as much as there can be from this AB situation. Because what should be a surefire first round pick for AB is turning into, are they even going to get a second, a second, a fourth? Maybe a third? And, and by the way, when we start talking, when, when the value starts going down like that, we start talking about going from, okay, we can move from 20 to 9, which is done all likelihood, what the Bills were offering, A.B. nixes that deal. Now you go down to second and a fourth round pick. Why would the Raiders even offer that contract anymore? Who else is even interested at this point? Who else is even interested in Antonio Brown at this point? Doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of teams. In fact, that's the new report, is that <laughs> it's unlikely this trade's getting done this weekend. Because there just isn't a whole lot of interest anymore in Antonio Brown. Third round pick for AB, fourth round pick for AB. When does it become an, an, a, 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 um, an untradeable player? When does AB go from being, you know, let's get some value out of him to just being like, you know what? You know what, AB? You're not doing this. This is, this is a terrible precedent to set as an organization. And while it may be better in the Steelers' interest in the short term, to get a third-round pick for A.B., to get a fourth-round pick for A.B., where I imagine that there would be more offers if the Steelers lowered their uh, their asking price from a first-round pick to a third-round pick. The precedent that that sets in the future for this organization, say, if you are unhappy with us, just request a trade, and then and then just get just act crazy enough that you tank your own value to the point where we can't get anything for you, so we're going to send you to whatever your preferred destination is. I think it is far more likely today as we sit here now with A.B. having tanked this deal, a deal that would have sent him to Buffalo and given the Steelers, in all likelihood, reasonably fair compensation for losing A.B. I think it's more likely now that, that A.B. remains a Steeler from today all the way through training camp, that the Steelers say, you are not tanking every deal we make to get fair compensation for you, to send you to whatever place you want to go, so that in the future, we have to do the same thing with every, with every other crazy player that walks through our doors. Instead, you want to play a game of chicken? Let's play the game of chicken. You're not getting traded. Show up in August. Show up at training camp. You want, Le'Veon sat out last year and he didn't want to make $14.5 million. Let's see, Antonio Brown, if you want to do the same thing. Because I guarantee that that's far more likely to be the conversation happening between Art Rooney, Kevin Colbert, and Mike Tomlin today than it is you know, them fielding offers for a third or fourth round pick for AB. I think if the deals, if the best deal that they can make or the deal that they can make that AB will actually accept and not tank that trade would be for a third round pick or a fourth round pick, I guarantee they just keep him. I don't think Kevin Colbert's bluffing when he says, we'll keep AB, we'll keep him, and we'll try to work this out. And if they can work it out, great. And if they can't work it out, that's fine too. They did the same thing with Le'Veon a year ago. Yeah, they, they can't allow this to happen. They can't allow a, a player to, to tank his own value in, in trying to get, look, he wants out and the Steelers are willing to play ball with that. But he wants out, and then he's going to tank the value of a deal where the Steelers can actually get what they think he's worth. That's go, That's a bridge too far for AB. That's a bridge too far, especially considering everything that's happened over the past month. I think it's far more likely he ends up being a Steeler for the next year. And I don't know how this plays out from this point forward. But look, from a salary cap perspective, they, they, they're only going to save a million bucks in this deal anyway. 
So they're going to end up paying him his $2.5 million roster bonus. That ends up uh, netting them another loss of like a million and a half dollars. It's not the end of the world, right? This this whole, the salary cap part of this has never meant anything. They were going to eat the $21 million with him on the roster, with him on the roster, it doesn't matter. Now they're going to lose the million and a half of the signing bonus uh, or the roster bonus if they don't trade him before the 17th. But it doesn't sound like the Steelers are going to get anywhere close to the deal that they actually want for Antonio Brown, given the way that Antonio Brown is approaching these negotiations. So I don't see any way this plays out other than Antonio Brown remains a Pittsburgh Steeler, not only through today, but through next week and through that roster bonus. And at that point, yeah, the Steelers just sit on it. Wait, maybe someone does come back with a better offer that AB is actually willing to accept. Because again, the Steelers are playing a game of chicken with him at that point. Are you willing to continue to be on this roster into July, into August? When it comes time to show up to training camp, when it comes time, if you don't show up, the Steelers start fining you for that. I'd be very interested to see how this thing plays out over the next couple weeks. I, but I, I'd say this: if, if he's actually traded in the next couple days, I'm going to be very, I'm going to be very disappointed with the Steelers if it's not at least for a second round pick. Sure, you know the Buffalo Bills deal, and, and if it was a pick swap, that's by far the best deal. And but that's over now. I mean that that deal is done, as the the Bills general manager has said. And I just don't think the Steelers have the leverage at this point. What new leverage can they create? AB wants to be the highest paid player. He wants to go where he wants to go. And there's no teams negotiating for that. There, There is not a market for that player. There's certainly not a market for a first round pick for that. You know, the the, the small list of teams that AB is willing to go to that, they're, that, that are also willing to make AB the highest paid wide receiver, that are also willing to give the Steelers a first or second round pick, I don't think that list exists. I think that list is zero teams in the National Football League. And so the Steelers are left in a place where either you, you give in to Antonio Brown or you play this game of chicken with him all the way to training camp. And I, as a fan, would much rather see them do the latter. Not for today, for tomorrow, for the next guy who tries to pull this. Don't send A.B. to where he wants to go. Don't give in to this. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen, Kevin Colbert. Don't let it happen, Art Rooney. And I don't imagine they will. I don't imagine they're giving in to Antonio Brown in this. It's been a crazy day. It's been a crazy, crazy day. But here we are. And, and really, who could have expected any less in this? You know, we all got happy when we heard that he was shipped off to Buffalo, that it could be a pick swap. All of that had to put a smile on your face. But you also had to know that this is AB we're talking about. And with AB, anything is possible. And now here we are in a brand new world where it doesn't sound like AB is going to get traded. And so what was last year, the Le'Veon Bell drama, this year turns into the AB drama that I think in all likelihood will last through the spring and into the summer. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com, the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back tomorrow. Excuse me, I'll be back on Monday for more Locked On Steelers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.